Hello and welcome to Unnatural 20s, a comedy podcast where we leave the fate of each episode up to the rules of a D20. My name is Caitlin and I'm your DM today. And guess what? More importantly, guess what? What? I'm your birthday girl. It's my birthday. So naturally, I had to come over here and steal the DM position because it's my birthday and I can get whatever I want today. I think that's right. Um, But I think there is like a list and order of things that I want. And first thing that I want is going to be to be with my friends, which one of my friends is here. Uh, Her name is... Hey, what's up? It's Books. Proud to be the stealer of the DM position's friend for this birthday pod. I should have seen this coming. I'm a bit disappointed in myself when she demanded the DM spot. I was like, okay, she's just being greedy. Like she maybe is just worried she's not going to get enough Christmas presents. And this is her way of stealing more for herself but this is a birthday pod and this is your way of controlling the narrative for your b-day pod i get it b-day pod yes uh no it's a big celebration today because it is my birthday december 27th is my birthday and everyone is here to celebrate with me thank you this is like your forced way of having a big party too isn't it this is you yes like friendship contracts all over again everyone has to celebrate because you took over the books you don't understand every year my birthday falls two days after christmas a major holiday that a lot of people do celebrate or they decide to vacation on so i don't have the opportunity to be with all my friends but now guess what books guess what what i got all of my friends here and all the listeners who i have subjected to my birthday party so welcome to my party we're gonna have a good time (laughs) and you're gonna love it um but i do want to talk about something that i i really want uh-huh. Guess what that is? What is that? Um, what I really want is to talk about what we do here every single week. <laughs> that's that's good. I'm glad you actually truly want what's best for the pod. It's a very unselfish really birthday desire. Thank you. We'll get to the selfish part later. I figured. But what we do what we do here every week is we make our way through our list of twenty talking points guided by our DM. Today, I have stole it. It's me and the roles of our D twenty. Send in your questions or questions on social media at unnatural twenties or email us unnatural twenties at gmail.com to be part of our adventure. Remember, number ten on our dice is your questions or quests. So make sure to send that over to us. Today I will be rewarding books and cassie even though she is absent today with experience points when they do something cool and i'll deal out hit points when they do something that makes me sad or mad i feel like i got this though because cassie's not here so i should i should dominate i'm gonna do so good this is my time you may be dm but it's my time to shine she may not be on the mic but she is here and she is part of this party and i just want everyone to know that that she is with us and she is in all of our hearts right now so um we she's will just celebrate- chosen silence for your birthday that is her gift to you uh yes is- which she has given me the power of a stronger voice and there's nothing more than i like to do that just take over and hog the mic so <laughs> thank you cassie for the best gift gift of all i should give her points i'm gonna give her some points for that thank you cassie wow. uh so cassie this is gonna because get, i didn't uh, give you dm easily i fought you on it yeah, this is right you this did is revenge cassie you're gonna get 50 points she's cheering i see her thanks cassie uh okay well, that was some fun stuff, but um, I, I told you I, I got to have my selfish time. It's, it's going to be my little selfish time right now uh, because I'm going to tell you what else I want. Um, these are my demands. Okay. okay. I, I do want 
a bunch of brownies today, and I would also like a nice, um, a nice warm blanket that I can cuddle in next mm-hmm. to Taylor Lautner. Um, mm. And I would like to be hanging out with Squirrel Girl at the same time. And then my dogs are playing and not barking and having a good time. That's what I would like. And those it's are my a demands. lot of that demands. Must happen. Yeah. Yes. And Very it's short happen. notice. But yeah. we'll see what we can do. Uh, Taylor Lautner's local I squirrel girl. Say, she's from Canada. So the dog one might her. be the hardest. Yeah. No barking is, is a difficult one. They do, they do love to, to speak and be vocal, but I mean, so does their mom. So that's okay. But what is not vocal? That's a bad transition. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dogs, dogs be barking and dogs do get, um, get feisty sometimes. Nope, that's not a good transition either. Sometimes the dogs interrupt the pod, which can make it a pod fail. We also fail a lot. So oh. should we talk about our fails? <laughs> Books, you fucking killed it with that transition. And yes, I do think we should talk about our fails. Um, would you like to start? Sure. So my fail, uh, it's got a bit of backstory, and I tend to include too much details in my stories. So sorry for that in advance. That's also a fail. But um, my fail, it all stems from a fact that I think I've shared on this show a lot, and that's that I don't like doctors, and I don't like hospital visits, and I don't handle them well. Um, I talk about this very regularly. I'm not good. I'm a big baby when it comes to having to go to the doctor's appointment. And I had a doctor's appointment this last week because I have some, you know, adult grown up things I need to deal with. And I did the responsible thing and I called my doctor and I made an appointment. Um, and so I knew I was going to need blood work for this doctor's appointment. And um, <laughs> that's never a good thing for me. I don't handle blood work well. I mm-hmm. always faint. Um, it's a universe. I will always pass out. I always don't feel very good. They make me wait for a long time if I drive myself. So I made my husband come along because I was like, I'm going to be so gross and I'm going to need you to drive me home or I'm going to have to stay at the hospital for observation for a long time. And they're going to give me gross hospital food and I need you to drive me so I can leave right away and go get chicken nuggets. Cause that's really yes. what I'm going to want after I get, Gotta get the nuggies. So um, being the awesome husband that he is, he took some time off of work so he could take his big baby of a wife to her doctor's appointment. Um, And my like my hospital anxiety is so bad that even my charts note that I have hospital anxiety, like they note that I have white cone syndrome. My blood pressure is always high, even though I don't have high blood pressure. Um, it notes that I pass out sometimes with vaccines and sometimes with blood draw. It says it all. So while I was there, they were like, hey, since you have like major anxiety and you and your husband are both vaccinated, he can go back with you. And, you know, kind of help you out, be like a little Mm -hmm. less anxious, which was very sweet. And I was like, heck, yes, you're coming with me. Um, And so I was like, you get to hold my hand while I get blood drawn and any shots and distract me and hopefully, you know, experience the misery with me, essentially, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. like I'm dragging you into this. Um, And while I was back there, they were like, hey, you're also due for a pap smear. And I knew this. I'm an adult woman. I know these things. Um, but, but I've always had to schedule like a separate appointment for that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I need to get that done. And they were just like, so let's just do that now. And oh. I didn't know this was coming. So my husband is seated in the chair in the doctor's office. And they have me get up and put my legs in those little stirrup things. And he's just got full view of 
just traumatizing things happening to my body. Oh, um, no. Oh, and I dragged no. him back for this. And I don't think he'll ever look at me the same. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, had to get an unexpected pap smear and had my husband witness this trauma. He couldn't uh, have stood next to, like, your head or something? There was or? no room. It was a very cramped hospital, or like a uh, little doctor's office. So it was, like, the back view. He did do the kind thing and try to, like, look really far up and just, like, silently give me, like, you got this, babe. It's going to be okay. As he was, like, it's a not good, looking. like, thumbs up in the air, like, yeah, like, see. it's all You're going doing well. Oh. <laughs> um, but that happened. And that's my Oof. fail because I dragged him back in the universe. Just was like, you think this is going to be a great doctor's appointment because you got someone there to keep you all calm and help you when you pass out? No, we're going to, we're going to take this a step back and you have to get a, get a pap smear in front of your husband. So, oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, books, how do you always come in here and just dunk on everyone with your fails, man? <laughs> it's a bad oh. one this week. Was, yeah, uh, man. I'm still very Ooh. traumatized. So I don't invite your husband you. back. Don't do it. Stay in the waiting room. I don't want you here. Oh, God. You don't need to see this. I could have just innocently passed out while getting my blood drawn. And oh. then he, the nurses would have like eventually waved some paper on my face, let me come to and just palely walk out to him that would have been my other option i didn't choose it choose that option it's okay it's okay well at least you're married yeah there's no backing out now it didn't happen we were just engaged he's stuck with me you're it's like that's your fucking wife (laughs) but i mean you did it and you did it with a brave face i'm sure and (laughs) wow you survived i don't i think i I would have died on i would have died on the table (laughs) i wanted to oh god the well, doctor was like so nonchalant about it he was like oh you guys are married it's fine and i was like it's not fine it's actually not <laughs> would like to not be in this situation please thank you doctor <laughs> oof, oof, in what world is that okay okay well i mean he, you conquered that fail and i guess that's a success that you survived that situation mm-hmm. um my fail is not as traumatizing although it did like it did hurt my soul um oh. So my fail is that we have, as mentioned so many times, two beautiful puppy boys. Uh, One is Murdoch and one is Nelson. Murdoch has bad anxiety. Nelson (laughs) is essentially a moth and likes to eat everything. Um, So my little moth boy, he likes to eat his toys and he likes to wrap the blankets um, around his toy as he chews on it. So naturally, he chews a hole in a blanket while he's... (laughs) eating a toy and then he decides to i don't know take a couple bites of a blanket too so our blankets our blankets look like swiss cheese essentially (laughs) they're like hand-sized holes all around the blanket so my fail is that i can no longer get warm in my house because there are no (laughs) blankets that this dog has not like eaten and become swiss cheese um so yeah i I wish is making more sense at first, I yeah. thought like the warm blanket was odd because you are known for having millions of blankets around your house always. Yeah. So they are no longer effective because they have so many holes. I was okay. The biggest fail is I was sitting. We have some. We have to have ventilation in our house because we don't have like we're underground. So we have to have the windows open to get some air. I have the air op- windows open. The air is cold. So of course, naturally, you want to bundle up. 
every time it's like my knee pops through a hole my foot pops through a hole my shin my whatever everything is cold because my dog has eaten a hole through everything and he is a moth he is not a dog he is a moth and he loves he loves to do this so my fail is that i have accidentally adopted a moth instead of a dog Maybe he's like a super dog. Maybe you don't know, like, you know, Spider-Man. How, how does that dog. make him super? A moth dog. <laughs> <laughs> Little moth dog. <laughs> but what power? What power? Spider-Man Maybe has great he's power. he's for it to evolve. You know, like, it, it, right now he's just chewing he's through blankets. Pokemon. Maybe, you know, he needs to reach the next stage in his superpowers, and then he can, like, eat through metal. I don't what know. What is power of moth? Now, now you have me questioning. Spider, he can, he can Maybe stick he'll fly walls. eventually oh and fly right God. into all your lamps. I hope to God he doesn't. <laughs> that dog is a monster already. If he could fly, I am scared. He will take over the house. I will be Did his dog. you imagine dog. just him flying by as he pees? Because we know this is piss baby. Oh, <laughs> just- God, yes. This dog also have a bladder issue. Jesus, no. I hope he's not mock dog. Now I have a new fear. Well, well, I think it's time for us to uh, get over, get get through this fail, and we should go into our adventure log, and I think we should roll. So I'm going to roll for us. All right, and we rolled an 11. 11 is knowledge nugget. Uh, so what what knowledge are you going to drop on me, books, today? This is, this is knowledge that you are going to give me shit for, and I'm fully prepared, but I thought it was uh, really fascinating. Okay. Um, <laughs> Because it's about my field, it's about grammar and punctuation. Ooh. So, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and it's it's a little bit of a ghost story, spooky. Oh my god! Not really spooky though. I promise it's not actual. On spooky. the day of my birth, you bring on spooks. the day of your birth. It's a funny spook though. It's not scary spook. I promise. Okay, um, I don't know. If but I it trust is you. the story of the ghost behind why we indent paragraphs. Do you know why we indent our paragraphs? Am I just repeating information to you? No, not at all. Okay, I have no idea. So in medieval writing, when paper was like really scarce and hard to come by, like it was really hard to use parchment, they wrote all in like large blocks of text because you needed to save space. But they still wanted to indicate paragraphs because that was important to writing. You know, it makes sense to have breaks between your long blocks of writing to, you know, announce when you're changing topics or you're introducing something new or um dialogue everything like that so they used to use a mark called the pilcrow and we actually still have the pilcrow as a symbol today and that's the backwards p that symbolizes paragraph oh Um, yes i know that one yeah so that indicated paragraph so in the middle of large blocks of text there would just be this little pilcrow that would say to the reader hey this is supposed to be a new paragraph, but we just don't have enough paper for it to be a new paragraph. Um, and it was, yeah, the transition to new new paragraphs and saving um, space. But then as time went on and parchment was less and less of a uh, thing that needed to be saved, they there was more access to it. Paragraphs got their own lines. They would like bring them down onto their own lines. But you still needed to use Pilcrose to introduce that it was a new paragraph, not just the next line of text. So they would indent the next line and put a Pilcrow in front of it. So that's where the indentation started. But uh, they would still put that little backwards P paragraph symbol right there to indicate it. The indent wasn't alone. The marking for a paragraph. 
And then when formal documents were being transcribed, every uh, person who was working on those formal documents had a different role. So like one person would be writing, but then there would be an entirely different person to write all the fancy markings and mm-hmm. symbols and, you know, um, specific uh grammar notations and everything so they would write it all out but the person who was writing would leave an indentation mark to pass it off to this fancy transcriber who would write the pretty little pilcro at the start in red specifically it was always in red which is probably where we get our red pens for punctuation marks and corrections um and so they would leave these spaces but then sometimes documents had to be sent out before the person could add all of those fancy little marks and pilcros because they just didn't have enough time for it to go to like three people to get all these marks on so documents would just go out with those indent spaces and no pilcros and it was known that there was a pilcro supposed to be there there was a pilcro ghost like it had a spot for it but it, it didn't have time to get added to the document and eventually they just stopped doing it all together because readers knew that the indentation was a ghost of a pilcrow that was supposed to be there but never actually got added to the document. And now uh. it has evolved into us just indenting a new line of paragraph for or a new line of text for a new paragraph. Um, and every time you indent a paragraph, you're really creating a space for the ghost of a pilcrow. Wow. <laughs> that it's it's kind of fun. Um, it's, it's kind of fun for me. It's a lot of fun uh, for me. I thought this was so cool. I was like, what? It's not scary. So I'll give you no. that. Like the ghost. I like how you set that up. But yeah. no, not scary. So I will take that. And also I had no idea that because I've seen like old text and old whatever writing where mm. they have like that that block like stampish looking pilcrow. And yeah. now I, I know the name mm-hmm. and I know why we don't have it anymore. It's because we got lazy. We, laz- we got lazy. Number one, number two. We got more efficient. Because damn, yeah. that probably took a long time. Dude, think they, about they're, it. They're fancy looking too. All the they ones that are. I've seen. Yeah, they're real fancy, and they're just not necessary. Like if you don't need to no. save space on a document, you just hit a little indent space. It works just as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of glad we got rid of the pilcros because I would hate to add a little symbol in like. For someone who reads a lot, I feel like it would be really distracting. I would want to read oh, it yeah. in line with the text. I'd be like, that symbol is probably a word. Or I'd be like, pilcrow. hundred percent get distracted by the design of the pilcrow because I feel like they got mm-hmm. all fancy dancy with them. And I would just yeah. be staring at that instead of the words I'm supposed to be reading. What if they told stories within exactly. the pilcrows? I would look for that. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, no. Never mind. They probably don't. Maybe and if did. it was a different color... Like Oof. I would just, yeah, I would get so it's off on red. it. Like, even when a, you know, when a chapter of a book starts with like a big fancy letter at the very, yeah. s- the first letter, like that always distracts the shit out of me because it's That's so like much larger. It's like a pilcrow, like it's larger, it's fancy and all the rest of the text is like Times New Roman or something. And then mm-hmm. they've got this big fancy cursive letter and I'm just stuck staring at it for an unnecessary amount of time. Hey, um, books. Yeah. Pilcrows would do that and it'd be all the time. Yes. Uh, on my birthday, I learned a word. Pilcrow. You did. Pilcrow. Congratulations. Pilcrow. Pil. Pilcrow. <laughs> Happy birthday. You Thank know you. I haven't heard that enough today. Okay, so <laughs> books. You had a great, a great, so so fun, so fun, so exciting. My goodness. I'm gonna bring you to a colder realm since we mm-hmm. are in the cold times and tell you a little bit about my friends, the penguins. Um, okay. So did you know that the total number of breeding pairs of penguins in Antarctica region is estimated to be about 
20 million. And although this covers a huge geographical area, area like Antarctica, the penguins are concentrated in coastal regions. So they'll, they'll huddle up in the cold of winter. So like they all get really close together to get warm. And emperor penguins can reach a density of 19 birds per square meter. That's how like dense these penguin packs are. And then another, that is from a UK wildlife um, source. But some mm-hmm. other cool things about these penguins is that they huddle together. And sometimes when they huddle, they can have up to, I think it's 10, like a million. Yeah. When they huddle, they have up to a million like birds in their flock. They're very social birds. So it's just, I'm sure if you were to like come over with a helicopter of like a bunch of like penguins, it's just going to be a sea of black heads in a middle of the white, like Antarctic area. And in Antarctica, there are 17 species of penguin. Um, There are, sorry, seven species of penguin in Antarctica. And the total number of species of penguin are only 17. So seven of the 17 are in Antarctica. Um, And these penguins are emperor penguins, which, you know, those, Mm -hmm. I feel like these are the ones that they have at most of the zoos. Um, They're, quote unquote, the classic penguin. Um, these ones are about, these are in like centimeters. And to be honest, I don't know what that means. 115 centimeters. I don't, I really don't know what that is. That's pretty big. I feel like they weigh 65 pounds. So I feel like they're like big boys. I feel like they're like three feet. I I'm not sure on the centimeters. Um, so their main predator is the killer whale and the leopard seals. Um, and the seal sea birds that eat their chickades. Mm. Uh, the other penguin is the chin strap penguin. They're fun. They got a little, they got a little line going around. <laughs> it looks almost like they got a beard. They're fun. They're fun. And, uh, there's also the macaroni penguin. Do you want to know why they call it the macaroni penguin? I have to know. Because they got a little orange on their head. Literally, if you got a, a, a thing of craft cheese and you put it on the head of this uh, of a penguin, that's what these guys look like. I if really you... hope this was discovered by like a really renowned scientist and he just let his like three-year-old name the species. It's uh, So macaroni dainties is a name given to people who were dressed flamboyantly in the 18th century. And that's mm-hmm. where they got the name macaroni. They called him macaroni. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the other penguin is Adeli penguin. I'm sure she sings really well. Uh, there's also the king penguin, as we know, is a large penguin. Um, they are only 32 pounds, though. The other penguin is actually bigger. And the next penguin. Have you heard of a rock hopper penguin? Is that the rock ones hopper? that they like give rocks to their... Like, I, I, think, I think all penguins do that. Oh. Um but I'm not sure, to be honest. They do breed in pairs, um, and there's about 9 million in Antarctica of these rockhopper penguins. But I was thinking mostly about them because Club Penguin, there's a big rockhopper thing. <laughs> okay, and lastly, there's the Gentoo penguin. Um, they're just cool. They have a cool name. I like Gentoo. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, those are some cool things about penguins. But I, I share with you all those facts for one main fact that I wanted to share with you, mm-hmm. um, which is the fact that uh, Ireland actually has uh, about 6.6 million people in their population. So if everyone in Ireland had a penguin, that means they would have to fight off 3 million penguins. <laughs> wow. Because... 
because Ireland's small, Antarctica big, lots of penguins. Lots of penguins, not so many Irish people. Sorry, Irish people. The penguins will take your land if they want it. To be fair, a lot of Irish people left because they had like a huge potato famine. So I feel like they'd yeah. have a better chance if like they didn't lose all the potatoes and they didn't rely mainly on potatoes for food. So, Yeah. But I mean, if the penguins came in, they took over the land of Ireland. I feel like mm-hmm. they would grow beards, drink beer and be the yeah. coolest motherfuckers in the world. Like there is already a penguin with a beard. Imagine how burly that beard would be. If yeah, he was an I, I feel like beard. penguins have Irish vibes too. They could they yeah. could get down. I don't even know if it would turn into a war. I feel like the Irish people would just be like, eh, yeah, that's fine. The macaroni, the macaroni one would get fucking down hard. I know him. <laughs> I know. Uh, him. I just love like you said the mass number of them, and like penguins are really clumsy and they wobble. So I could just picture them walking around in these mass groups and just bumping into each other and forcing each other to slide down like Did ice you ever- and stuff fall into like a rabbit hole online where you watch videos of penguins falling or is that just me yeah oh no yeah okay, it's good. very good it's nice to see creatures that are supposed to survive on ice clumsier than i am yeah it's somehow oh. very satisfying uh they i also fall down like uh dominoes sometimes too yeah they, i mean they're so close together they just they hit take each out other each other slip <laughs> this really reminded me i don't know if you've seen the interview with benedict benedict cumberbatch about no. penguins no um, so he did a whole documentary he narrated a whole like documentary on um specific animals in specific region and one of them was the penguin and it haunts him to this day there's an interview somewhere out there i don't even know when i saw it or where it's from but uh it haunts him to this day because the first time he said penguin was relatively normal but then from that time on it turned into penguin and they never (laughs) corrected him and throughout this entire nature documentary you just got benedict cumberbatch saying penguins are very unique creatures. <laughs> oh man, my so. name is Blended Cucumber, <laughs> and these and are the penguins. Today we're going to learn about the penguins. I could like the way he talks, like penguin. Like yeah, it's linguine. it's dramatized. It's mm-hmm. it's a wing emphasis, and I do love it. And now that I think about it, I like the name penguins as well because they do have wings, but they don't yeah. fly. And I feel like we need to put more focus on the fact that they've got these little arm flappers that don't work. Yes, the flappers that don't work. God, oh, penguins are just great. I enjoy them. They're and um, books, you brought a really good uh, knowledge nugget of the ghost the ghost indentation um and i'm gonna give you 50 points for that so thank you thank you and i think it's time for us to roll again all right and i rolled a three and three is nerd out update books what are you nerding out on right now this is something that you have been so excited to talk about but i do want to preface it listener if you have not seen the latest Spider-Man that is Spider-Man. Please skip ahead. Spoilers ahead. Um, I have finally watched it fallen deep into the Spider-Man No Way Home. My, I have so many emotions. Um, So yeah, just skip this next part. We'll tell you when it's clear. I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. It was amazing. It was epic. I definitely cried. It's okay. I'm still not okay over it though. I cried so many times. (sighs) Oh, Books, I just need to know, since we're in the spoiler zone now, when was the part where you cried the hardest in Spider-Man? Okay, so there were there were probably three solid moments. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I'll talk about my moments where I just fucking gasped. Uh, yeah. So Aunt May, how could you not cry? Um, yeah. That was truly, truly devastating. Um, there was a moment with um, spoilers ahead. We get we get a reunion of all the Spider Men, the Spoodermans, the Spoodermans, and um, there was just a moment of bonding, and I got like happy tears, but also mm-hmm. like really sad tears because like this is a final chapter, and this the, is like literally the moment fucking Andrew Garfield came on the field, like on the field on, on the, the fucking screen. I like got like choked it was, up, and yeah. then Toby came, and I was like. it was it was a big i needed some yeah i needed some time to process and i just wasn't ready especially because like it was first just so fucking hyped and excited but then i was like they're all together and like this is it like we're not really getting more spider-man from these spider-men yeah um so yeah so that moment and then obviously the uh goodbyes when they're the ending, oh. when they're told like he's like you're not gonna remember me, and, oh um, that was heartbreaking. And then Zendaya's like, well MJ is like, don't don't say I love you back. Like say it when you like come find me. Oh, that was devastating. <laughs> so, um, oh. and then he moves into an apartment all by himself and doesn't actually get her to remember. I'm still very upset. I'm very but, upset. Okay. Before I get to my sad part, I do have to say, I feel like that's a fairy hero thing to do, though. It's like, it's my, I love them so much that I'm going to let them. I'm going to let them be because I'm do. going to wait until they're stable. I, I'm they're sure this safe. is what's going to happen. They're stable, they're safe, and then maybe I'll come back. But I'm sure if it, if he's, he has no intention of going back and, and going into their lives because he wants to keep them safe, which is so sad. I feel like we got it, an allusion to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he says, like, you make it work. You find a way. Mm-hmm. And it, like, can't Him and his MJ, they have found a way. It just took time. So I feel yeah. like that was foreshadowing of, like, you've got to be patient, but it can happen. So I'm holding yeah. on to that hope of, like, it's just let her go through college. Let her have her now moment. And then mm-hmm. we're going to find a way to, yeah. Get them together. Oh, yeah. No, it was <laughs> devastating. I think truly the part that choked me up the hardest was Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. If you have not seen The oh. Amazing Spider-Man, how Gwen Stacy, his love interest, dies is she falls and he goes and catches her. But the way he catches her is by her waist. So she breaks her back when she... um when he catches her so she doesn't make it even though she didn't hit the floor and there's a moment where zendaya has mj Mm -hmm. falls and it's the same situation and then peter parker the tom holland peter parker can't get her so andrew garfield jumps down catches her and has his like redemption moment yes oh and his emotions he portrayed that so well Andrew Garfield was a very good Spider-Man. Like it's a lot he, of shit, and I loved him as Spider-Man. Uh, honestly, I love all three of this, but everyone's ranking them. I love all three of them, and like for different ways. Even Spider-Man three, fucking give that to me because he's like snapping over here. Tobey Maguire snapping on, on the street. <laughs> that is my least black. favorite Spider-Man ever. That <laughs> Spider-Man three. It's it, everyone. It, it's so awkward. It's it's so everyone. Um, I do love like I am one of the minorities in that Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is not my favorite. But mm-hmm. he was my favorite in this 
Yeah. I loved seeing him this way. And I feel like they kindly finally captured how he was supposed to be. In the first ones, he always gave me like too awkward, too nice guy-ish. You know, like the good mm-hmm. nice guy that everyone hates because they're like, but I'm a nice guy, so I should get rewarded. And it's uh-huh. like that kind of creepy paradox of like, but I was nice to you. And these mm-hmm. people treat you like crap, so I should get like rewarded by being your like boyfriend or whatever. That's what vibe he gave me even as a young kid. So he always bothered me. But finally in this one, he finally got the like, no, I'm just kind of dorky and awkward, but you can work with it and we're okay with mm-hmm. it. And that's how I think he was supposed to be the whole time. I just didn't get that from the first three Spider-Man. Oh. So, oh man, Toby, but, Toby was obviously my first Spider-Man like mm-hmm. live action, which a lot of us, I think it was like our first real introduction to superheroes was Toby. He started it. And I will give credit where credit is due. Like those Spider-Man films were the reason the rest of the superhero franchise has thrived. And the the Hulk and Batman and Superman. There's like, there's a big lead up, but Toby, Toby is one of our founders. There's a big lead up. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Toby. Also just like that awkward, perfect delivery of like, is it uh, MJ saying like, we're going to kick some ass. And he's like, cure. (laughs) Cure. We're going to cure some ass. ass. <laughs> just so perfectly delivered. I just love No one else could have said it. It was necessary for him. Um, yeah. Going into scream, like moments, like gasping moments, the first gas moment. Obviously, we open up where it left off, which is everyone knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man and he's, his identity is, is mm-hmm. basically announced through everyone. So... He has to get a lawyer at one point. Dude, and guess who <laughs> his lawyer is? Who in the Marvel universe represents Spider-Man? It's none other than our favorite big booty boy. It's Matt Murdock. Oh, when Charlie Cox came onto screen, I gasped aloud. A little squeak came out, and I usually am the person who tries to stay really quiet during movies because yeah. I don't like when other people around me are noisy because it takes me out of the experience. You know, I want to yeah. be so. But this was inevitable. A squeak was coming out. I was so in shock. But the other thing I did to I think hold in more sounds from myself is I grabbed Nick's thigh and just squeezed him so hard I probably left bruises on this <laughs> poor boy's leg because I was just like holy fucking shit I had known it was confirmed that he was going to be in future MCU projects as Daredevil mm-hmm. I would read something about that but I had no idea he was in this film and that was mm-hmm. the, one of the best surprises. I knew Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield were going to make an appearance. We knew most of the villains who were already going to be on screen. Those weren't surprises. This, however, fucking amazing. Oh, my God. I Okay, so I did really good at keeping myself away from any trailers. So I did not see any trailers for this movie before it came out. Obviously, going online, you see all of these things. So I knew Doc Ock was probably going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And that was all I really knew. And I had, and everyone was talking about the other Spooderman, so I figured yeah. there was going to be other Spider-Mans in there, but I, I wasn't sure because I hadn't watched anything to try to keep it all surprise. I saw, just like you, that Matt Murdock is coming into the MCU as Charlie Cox, and I was like, cool. Have you caught up on Hawkeye? No. Okay. I'm a can little I, bit behind still. You can, you can release a little spoiler as long as it's okay. Really- it's not, it's not huge. It's just the episode that came out right before Spider-Man came out. The very end, mm-hmm. you see Kingpin 
which is Wilson Fisk. Yeah. And it's all distorted, but it's like that. What? That was a Netflix guy. Uh, Uncle. I don't know. I haven't. I guess I haven't. Maybe I haven't caught up enough. (laughs) No, no, no. They just hint at uncle earlier on and we just see fingers on a chin of the little girl in the flashback memory. Oh, I don't know. Uncles. And I honestly, with the finger grasp, I immediately thought, are we going to get Kingpin? I don't know why that memory popped into my head. That thought that was a couple weeks ago. It was an earlier episode. Um, Oh, whoa, books. Okay, we're getting two nerd outs here. I need to rewatch all of this because apparently I missed I that I could be thing. way off. I could. People who have seen the finale are probably laughing and be like, that dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> but because that finale is out and I have not seen it yet. I have tr- not. I, oh, God. We're nerd out right my now. My first thought was that. Bachelorette. Like, Maybe. Bachelorette finale and Hawkeye finale are out right now and I have not seen them and it's killing me inside. But uh, yeah. back to Spooderman. Back to Spooderman. Charlie Cox was on screen. I saw the movie twice. The first time I screamed and looked around. I was in a theater where everyone was pretty like rowdy and like mm-hmm. screaming too because they were excited. And the whole audience was <gasps> and it was so oh. cool. And, and then I looked at uh, Brandon, my fiance, and he was like, yeah, I knew it was happening. I was like, shut the fuck up. Don't ruin you, this for Those me. people are no fun because it's like yeah. they're like impressed that they know spoilers. And I'm like, you just took a great moment away from yourself. Yeah. Why? I never understand people who like seek out spoilers either. I'm like, no, I want to I want to live in the moment and be surprised then. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very disappointing. Any other big gasp no, moments for you? Um, everything that happens in this, I didn't expect it to happen. So I think it, there was a lot of gasps, but Matt was, was a lot like of gasps. Prominent. It was, yeah, it was surprising. I will say not a gasp moment, but what I really appreciated and one of my favorite, I guess, like overall aspects is that like, I would, I had two fears. I knew that they were going to bring the other Spooderman in mm-hmm. and I had two fears. One that it was just going to be a little tease. Like they were just going to pop up in the middle of the final battle do their little fight thing and then disappear. And it was going to be like, okay, we were all hyped to see them. And they were there for like two seconds. But then my other fear was that they were going to like take over and it was going to feel like a Spider-Man with all Spider-Man on deck Spider-Man film. You Mm -hmm. know how like Captain America Civil War didn't feel like a Captain America movie. It became an Avengers movie. I was afraid that was going to happen. And neither of those happened. They had the other Spider-Man on just enough, but the focus was still on Tom Holland's Peter Parker it was still mm-hmm. definitely our universe Spider-Man like they the did focus. such a good job with the balance cuz i so i you started seeing all these people that you remembered come on screen and you um, i immediately got spa- flashbacks to Spider-Man 3 where there was too many characters mm-hmm. not enough story too much going on in such a little time like you cannot tell so many stories and like a short amount of time we're lucky that the characters that they brought on we already had their backstory so they could just let them live in the moment and give us like small tidbit reminders of who they are and they i think they did such a good job with the balance of like here are these people oh yeah here they are and you know who they are because this this and this and this is why they're special and i loved it i feel like they all got character growth too it's like Oh, yeah. It, it's a good movie. It was a good Spider-Man it's movie. It's a really good Spider-Man movie. And like they all like had that foresight to quickly capture like, oh, he just fell into like sandpit or he fell into electric eels. Like they could 
for people who aren't familiar oh, with those Spider-Man, also could just the jokes. Like, really concise. Dude, it's so the good. The jokes, all the Spider-Man jokes. Oh God. Yeah. If you if if you are listening to the spoiler right now and you're like, it's not worth it. You've told me everything. No, the jokes are in there. Go watch the jokes. The there jokes are, are so jokes. Funny. We cannot capture all of those, and they are not worth like repeating just ourselves. Like no. you need to see them in the moment. They are okay. And last thing is, how did you expect it to be as dark as it is? Because I it was a dark movie. Like I... not not like Dark Knight, like physically dark, but like dark as in woof. That was heavy. I I, it was honestly the most mature so Spider Man. Like we had to see him deal with so much more on his own and like yeah. kind of transition into this like holding himself he went, responsible for his actions. He seriously went to bo- from boy to man, like grizzled old man in like so quickly. And it was like heartbreaking to watch. <laughs> in that final moment with MJ where he chooses not to tell them because they're both right there. Ned and MJ are right there and he could easily like try to remind them and like help them understand. Um, I think it just showed so much maturity in that mm-hmm. moment of like, this is something I need to do on my, on my own. Like, this is something that like Stark had been trying to teach me and everyone had been trying to like kind of impress upon me. And even Dr. Strange has been trying to like remind me of like, there are bigger things than just having my best friends by my side. Um, yeah, it was a lot of growth. It was darker. I did expect this level of darkness though. I think cause I did see trailers so like it hinted at like this being a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect all of the elements. Did you, I do have to ask, did you have any issues or anything you would have like changed about it? Um, No, I don't think so. It was, I at no point felt like I was taken out of the movie. And I think that's like what I, if anything I want like to change, I always want to be in the movie co- completely captivated, entertained yeah. and it had everything that I wanted and more is so much fan service. And I loved it. How about you? Do you sound like you have something? I changed? do have one thing and I feel like it's going to be upsetting, <laughs> but it's not that <laughs> big. It was just like a flaw. So like his, the whole reason of like things getting worse is because he wants to save these villains or give them a chance to like change themselves before essentially their greed or their quest for power, like took them over and caused them to die. Mm-hmm. Um, because essentially they're all going to return back to their original timelines and die. And so he feels guilty mostly because Aunt May tells him like everybody deserves a second chance kind of stuff. And that's his main reason. But I feel like we needed a little more because the whole Mm -hmm. thing is that in other universes, these villains are trying to kill other Spider-Men. So other versions of him in other universes are going to die because of these villains. And it was just such a sudden switch of like, but we can save them, even though they're literally murderers who murdered hundreds of people and others or attempted to murder Spider-Man. Um, but if we just got like a little bit of story specifically on the uh, what's his name who fell in the electric eels? Oh, yeah. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't remember his name. But if we just kind of hinted at that one and almost portrayed it as like, maybe that's a story for all of them of how he used to be this really sweet guy, really chill dude. And then he had this tragic thing happen to him and it turned him into a supervillain because the rest of them essentially made themselves supervillains. Well, well, even Doc Ock, how they explained about his chip that's in his neck. It's like he was supposed to be fine. He was supposed to be in control of the arms, but the yeah, arms took control of to him. Control of and him. so... 
and ha- just, when he finally was released from it, he had so much peace. And I think that if not for that happening, I feel like everyone would have been fine if he would have stopped trying to cure all these people. But he saw that he could help these people yeah. and prevent people from getting hurt in but other universes. But he did that after he already like agreed to take them to yeah. the apartment and everything. I just needed yeah. that to happen before that was the one thing that took me out because he mm-hmm. was just like but everyone deserves a second chance and it's like you yeah. wouldn't have given thanos a second chance you've already lived through that so yeah. <laughs> let's think about this if that had happened before then i would have been like okay yeah now i can understand where peter's coming that was my one flaw my one issue with the entire movie it was i was like you have literally spent your entire time as a superhero seeing how if we let bad guys continue to like have you know some freedom because you lived only really in the thanos era of bad guys and like a little bit of loki bad things are going to continue to happen mm-hmm. oh yeah well it's a great movie go see spider-man go see it again i saw it twice it was just as fun the second time um and yeah thanks for nerding out with me books i'm going to give you some points for for doing so uh let's give you 50 points and cassie also saw the movie with me so i'm gonna give her some points as well i'll give her 50 points as well for being honestly a good too she didn't want to change anything so she does yeah. deserve some because i did want to change some stuff so yeah so thank you cassie for agreeing with me as always um she also <laughs> cried when andrew garfield came out and um i didn't see it but i know i know for sure she did and when matt murdoch absolutely came on, she probably cried then too yeah i know she did that booty i know she did that that booty makes everyone weep we need okay 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 last thing we didn't get to see the booty (laughs) we didn't he was sitting down the whole time we did get to see his reflexes though oh i'm a great that was great (laughs) attorney (laughs) okay go see spider-man um i think we have time for one more roll and we rolled a five which is advice for pop culture characters books do you have any advice for any pop culture characters i certainly do um i've been recently trying to catch up on what we do in the shadows because season three is officially all the way out um honestly one of the best shows ever it's so funny it's so good so check that out if you haven't seen that um but spoilers for just season one episode three uh and maybe like a refresher too if you've been way ahead of me but in um episode one of season three guillermo is trapped in the basement of the vampires because he they don't know what to do with him like he's a vampire murderer but he also like saved their lives so they're all like slayer. fighting on slayer yeah sorry slayer <laughs> he's a van helsing um he's a vampire slayer <laughs> and he's also like the reason they're all still alive so there's like this debate going on of like do we kill him or do we let him live and um he they he They've kept him down there for like a month and they show that they're like just giving him raw chicken to survive off of. And so first you're a little confused, but then it turns out that he has been able, like they're not very good at like keeping captive because captors because he just like pops open the little cage that they've trapped him in and sneaks out and then like does all of his regular uh, duties and everything and then feeds himself and continues to save their life. Um, So my advice is like he basically waits for them to be like, yeah, we're not going to kill you. We're just going to like make you our bodyguard um, is their like solution by the end of the episode. And while that works, he definitely like has his life saved. I feel like Guillermo needs to utilize the fact that these are 
very gullible vampires. I mean, they've walked into so many traps. They've like fallen for email curse scams. They have some some gullible, questionable moments. And I want him to sneak out and write a dramatic prophecy saying that the one descended from Van Helsing, the next vampire slayer, will also be like a savior to vampires that are yes. worthy and chosen. And create like the this Harry new, Potter, like the chosen yes, one. Yes, <laughs> this new narrative for him that he's also like to be taken seriously and uh, worshipped, which I know would change the entire dynamic of the show and wouldn't ultimately work. But it could work because they're stupid enough to like not treat a chosen one with respect at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it, w- it would like they could balance it out, and I just want him to take advantage of their like gullibility and write his own prophecy to get them to keep him alive, but also like still treat him um, like they do, <laughs> like Gizmo. <laughs> God, that show is so good, and if they, I feel like that that sounds like something that the writers would do. And God, I just can't it would wait be so to- good. <laughs> I, I I I love that, and I want that to happen. Um, so I have some advice as well for some, uh, something else that has teeth and it's, uh, for Venom. Um, have you seen Venom 2 books? I have not. Okay. So you are in the realm of people who have not seen Venom 2 and I am here mm-hmm. to be the preacher to say, go watch it. It's so fun. Did you see, <laughs> um, if you saw Venom 1 and you at any point liked it i think you will like venom too i also like really stupid stuff so if you do not like it within the first 10 minutes probably turn it off because that's the whole movie that's what it's like um but i am trying not i'm not going to give any spoilers for venom too but i'm just going to tell you about like a beginning moment which um Mm -hmm. so venom lives inside eddie brock eddie brock is a journalist reporter and venom is helping eddie with his like journalistic stuff and he like because venom knows some things that eddie does it and the best part about it is that eddie and venom have the best banter back and forth i no joke was like crying laughing at this shit and which i have been told i'm the only person that i've cried laughed at this thing because it's actually <laughs> not funny but i think it's so funny um but eddie and venom constantly are fighting and i think that my advice would be for Eddie and Venom to have some some couples therapy. Like, yes, the, the person conducting the therapy, like, I feel like we get a lot of people who help them, such as Eddie's ex-fiance or ex-girlfriend. She often helps Venom and Eddie connect to each other mm-hmm. and, like, talk to each other and get on solid ground. But I need a professional in here. I need someone to mm-hmm. get into little Eddie's head and, and Venom's head and talk to them and be like, hey, guys, stop being so stupid. It's fine. Also, Eddie has a problem with the two roommates that, that Venom has brought in, which mm-hmm. are Sonny and Cher. They're two chickens. And... <laughs> And so um, my biggest advice is for the person who's going to be the mediator talking to both of them and convince Eddie that having two chickens is great. It's good to have Sunny two chickens. Sonny and Cher need this help. Sonny and Cher are bonded. They cannot be broken. So, uh, God, go see Venom too. And, I, uh, yeah. I love this because I've talked about before too how like Hulk and Bruce Banner needed therapy. Before. Yes. Uh, yes, this is just like I feel like if you have – another perhaps maybe monstrous being inside of you couples therapy might help you work together or my also solution was yoga 
because it's like you both ha- have the opportunity mm, to talk to meditation. each other. Venom never shuts up. And so if you both like meditate together, bring your align your chakras, like come together mm-hmm. and become one symbiote. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my advice for Venom. Okay. And, and books, I appreciate, I'll always appreciate you bringing over um, some Guillermo into this world. Um, what we do in the shadows <laughs> is fantastic. I'm going to give you 25 points. Um, and thank you. I think, I think it's time for us to wrap up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for this party to kind of die down a little bit and for us to stop the party here and go somewhere else. Like mm. maybe to Taylor Lautner's house to go cuddle with him. I don't know. Who knows, man? Who knows? Or maybe to the dog park to find dogs that don't bark and have them have fun together while they don't bark. Um, But I have some birthday missions, but my first mission is to talk to my friends about their success. So books, can you tell me how have you succeeded recently? I feel like we cannot end a successful party without ending on all of our successes. Uh, my success is going to go back a bit to my fail. I mentioned I have to, uh, just major anxiety with hospitals and doctors, and I had to go get some doctor stuff done. Um, but my real success does come from that because, guys, I was really brave. I had to go get st- blood drawn. And let me tell you, they took a fucking lot. They took seven vials of blood, which for me is a lot. Normally, it's like two or three. Um, And not only did I like not pass out, I maintained a conversation the entire time. This has never happened for me. I always pass out. But this one, I got a shout out to this phlebotomist, best phlebotomist I've ever met. Because one, she got my vein right away. That never happens. I have not bruised. Also never happens. I have no bruises on my arm because she was so fucking good. And three, she kept me talking about Marvel and DC and how she really likes the Gotham TV show the entire time. And we just traded little opinions and ideas and thoughts on like Robert Pattinson as the next Batman the entire time. So I don't even think I had enough time to focus on like the fact that my blood was being drawn. Nick honestly just wasn't even needed for this whole experience (laughs) because I had the most badass fall out of this ever and she took all my blood it was all good and i walked right out of there and i was like i still want chicken nuggets but i don't need them like i'm okay (laughs) i want them but i don't need them hey i was gonna say like it's probably you did well because you had great support it's like uh uh the support the the support of a phlebotomist yes that was how do you say the word phlebotomist phlebotomist yeah i think so i think that's how it's said that's how i've heard it lobotomy phlebotomy i don't know (laughs) not quite the same thing but they both do medical stuff whoa those are different a lobotomy is where they drill into your brain it's it's illegal (laughs) it's no longer allowed and it was like used to treat women with hysteria or people with like you know not as fun um, no neither no but it basically oh, wow. like put a lot of people like comatose states and like oh geez really bad bad places okay. change personalities <laughs> oof all right so that's the wrong word <laughs> well don't oh, go geez. in asking for a lobotomy you're going to be put in the psych ward <laughs> i will be gone forever uh wow okay well that's a good success uh, uh, uh apart from the lobotomist part um <laughs> But my success is um, I was able to do Christmas photos with the boys, our two little baby boys. We found a good little Christmas tree and we were able to do some some good Christmas pictures with our baby boys. Um, and 
I got a Santa costume for Murdoch. He is so fucking cute as Santa. Nelson has little antler, little reindeer antlers. My my boys are so. They cute. are so good. These Christmas photos are honestly a gem. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love my boys. Um, so that's my success. And books, it's time for us to end. But we can't end without going over the points. Uh, both you and Cassie got some good points today. So at mm-hmm. the bottom of the leaderboard with 81,352 points, it almost seems unfair. It's Cassie in the middle of the she leaderboard. She should have spoke 80... up more, to be honest. I feel like she could have done a little better. I agree. I'm, she's shaking her head. No, she says, no, it's my birthday. I can win whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cassie. 25. I'm just going to give her another 25 point. That's fair. You know what? I'm going to give her another 50 up a points. lot. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I guess it's fine. That's the way to the points in my heart. So Cassie's at 81,402 points in the middle of the leaderboard with 84,408 points is books. And at the top of the hey. leaderboard with 85,990 points, it's me, your birthday girl. Okay. So for my birthday, I get a lot of presents, but I want to send a present to you. And how you can get a present is if you go onto either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and write us a five-star review. If you do, we will send you over a pair of dice. All you have to do in order to claim these is go over to social media, uh, add on Natural 20s, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us over a message. Make sure I reply back. And um, we will send you over a pair of dice for writing that awesome review. We really appreciate it. It helps little podcasts like us grow. Uh, and I think it's time for us to find out who's going to be the next DM. So I'm going to roll for you, Cassie. Uh, she rolled a three. Ooh, not looking so good. I feel like I got this. I'm rolling my big chunky boy for you, books. And you rolled an eight. Okay, so not books the best, is- but it is my favorite number. Oh, hey. Okay. Well, and it's a good enough number for you to be DM next week. So coming Ooh. up next week, Books is with your DM. While you're on our socials telling us about your dice and writing that review, make sure to send us over a question or quest for Books so she can be answer that if we roll number 10 on our dice next week. Uh, and lastly, we are so proud to be part of the Scavengers Network. You can find other great shows like timeline scavengers where they assemble the entire mcu in chronological order and which is an incredible feat especially featuring the the fact that the movies that have just come out have totally skewed all of the timeline like i i colin and james are wild for 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 taking this one on but man i i love listening to it go over check timeline scavengers and you can find that show our show and a ton of other great show at scavengersnetwork.com thank you for rolling with us catch us with a new adventure on monday it's my birthday happy birthday thank you Thank you. Thank you. I accept gifts in um, Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash unnatural 20s, say, here's $5, Caitlin. It's your birthday. And also, it goes to all of us. Thank you. Goodbye. 